Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world, and welcome to Living Inside Out today. I'm your host, Joy Ross, and I would like to invite you to just settle in right now, relax, and if you're able, I want to invite you to grab a pen and paper so that you can take some notes. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show, all first time listeners. And hey, if that is you, let us know that you listened for the first time today. And if you've listened before, you know that on this show, we're all about positivity. We're all about encouragement and having real conversations about overcoming hurdles and challenges in life and how to experience personal transformation from the inside out. This show is close to my heart because after many years of reaching outside of myself to acquire external achievements, external success, and trying to hit all those benchmarks that society tells us will lead to happiness, fulfillment, joy and all the things, what I found, what I discovered, and what I received deep revelation on is that all of those external things are simply fruits. And they're a direct result of the internal root system. And so all of those things that we desire are completely possible. But It's directly linked to what's happening on the inside of us. So you see, the key to external change is internal transformation. And it's a step-by-step journey. You can learn more about my personal story, my personal journey of being transformed from the inside out in my books, on my website. And hey, speaking of my website, if you guys go there, joyross, J-O-I-R-O-S-S dot com slash products, my new book that was just released last week is now up on the website. Hoo-hoo! The Truth About Trust, How to Thrive, The Key to Thriving in Any Relationship. You can find it there and you'll find that there are some free resources that you can download as well. So enough about me. My hope is through my books and all the other materials that I'm putting out there that it'll encourage you. It'll be something in there in my personal story, in the pain that I've gone through, the challenges that I've overcome that can help you to get to the other side of whatever mountain you might be facing. But on this show, we're really about hearing other people's experiences. And so I am all about bringing on experts, people who are devoting their lives in some way, shape or form to helping and serving others. And all of the guests on this show have their own personal story of transformation from the inside out. And here's the thing, if it can happen for me, If it can happen for them, guess what? It can happen for you too. There is so much negativity. There's so much racism, divisiveness, and non-positive, non-encouraging conversation going on right now in the world. And on this show, and for the next minutes that you are with us today, we are aiming to tap into the deeper level things. We're talking about on this show, how to experience joy, how to experience freedom, how to experience abundance, and how to simply be the best version of yourself, how to show up in whatever role that you're playing, whatever hat that you're wearing, whether it's mother, father, sister, brother, leader, friend, um, whatever role, just showing up as the best version of yourself. And that's what we're here for, all about how you can have the life that you want. So, hey, I want to hear from you. If there's a burning question or a topic that you want to hear more about as you listen to the conversation today, if there's something that you wish that we would have taken a deeper dive into that maybe we didn't get a chance to, write to us at Living Inside Out today 
at gmail.com and let us know. Who knows? We might have a future show on a topic that you suggested, or we may answer your question on the air. So with that, I am super, super excited to introduce my guest today, the one and only Ms. Amy Leah Tamburini. Amy Leah is a master facilitator. She is podcast host of the Circle of Change, and she's also CEO and founder of Hum Consulting. Hum Consulting is an organization that brings harmony back to communities one conversation at a time. Her story is after decades of health issues that were caused by not speaking her truth and then facing her own mortality, she reclaimed her authentic voice to create spaces for people of all cultures, all ages, and all abilities to share their stories and heal their divides. Today, Amy Leah brings together indigenous governments, municipalities, industry, and organizations to have brave conversations that dissolve tensions and produce greater collaboration, creativity, connection, and joy. Amy Leah is a certified facilitator in restorative justice and trauma-informed practices. She brings over 20 years of experience facilitating dialogues around the world, and she's spoken on international stages on leadership and communication. Amy Leah's podcast includes heartfelt conversations that inspire you, inspire all of us to be the change. And with that, welcome to the show, Amy Leah. Thank you so much, Joy. Oh, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. I love your show and am so grateful for this work that you are doing. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you on the show, and I'm hoping that people will see all the beautiful things about you um, that I have grown to know and love. So, hey, Amy Leah, let's, um, I like to start out the show just chatting a little bit, because again, we're all about just having real conversations, right, about challenges and overcoming obstacles. So what's one obstacle or challenge that you had to overcome just to get here today? (laughs) Ooh, I love this question. Easter bunnies. (laughs) (laughs) Say more, do say more. uh, When I get nervous, I, especially when I'm about to do something really important, and for me, this conversation is really important. I turn to food often and sugary foods in particular. So I like to eat sweets before I dive into something like this. And I have collected these chocolate Easter bunnies that I want to give out this weekend for Easter. And I found myself (laughs) headed right there to the cupboard this morning about an hour ago. And you know, I'm two hours earlier than you. So that's early in the morning. Um, and I got there and I thought, okay, wait, hold on, Amelia. What is going on here? <laughs> you don't really need this chocolate. It's only going to make you feel tired and foggy and guilty because you're not going to have bunnies to give to your neighbors. So I walked away and I did what I have learned to do to help me feel good. And I went outside. I took a big breath of fresh air. And then I found a song that I knew would lift me up and remind me that I'm not alone here with you, that there is a greater force that is here supporting me and us in this conversation. And that just allowed me to settle in and leave the chocolate bunnies in their place. (laughs) (laughs) Until lunch, right? Yeah, because like at noon, all bets are off. Then it's bunny time. I love that. That's so practical. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. And you just reminded me that it's Easter week. It's which like Easter is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Um, So I'm super excited about celebrating the birth of Christ this weekend and everything that we have um, available to us as a result of him. So thank you for reminding me. Um, to mention that on the show. So let's talk about change makers and leaders. So on your podcast, 
Circle of Change, and in your work, you speak to change makers and leaders. Um, what is a change maker? How do you define what a change maker is, and why are you so passionate about focusing on change makers? Great question. Change makers to me are people who take responsibility for the change that they want to see in the world, in their relationships, in their family, in their community, and who are willing to do the internal work necessary to contribute to bringing that vision to life in big or small ways, whatever that is. And this is why I love your show so much, because I feel like you're speaking to and attracting in change makers, people who want to live from the inside out. Um, and so for me, the work that I do with organizations and communities is really about teaching people that in every conversation we have, we have a choice to contribute to fear, disconnection, divisiveness, all the things you said in your intro, or we can contribute to love and connection and collaboration. And we are 100% in choice about that. The work, when I say that to folks, people kind of back up a little bit and they say, whoa, 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 Amelia, like every conversation is two people. And I say, yes, it is. And you don't have control over the other person. You only have control over you. And to me, that's where change makers focus. Um, and I, I think this is some of the most courageous work we can actually do because the messages in our society teach us that it's okay to blame and it's okay to point fingers and, and want everything else around us to change, our politicians, our systems, our families, but that we don't have to do the internal work. And that's really where the power lies. And that's what I want to bring people back to. And I think it's so important to me because we've seen in our society how it has unfolded that when we don't take responsibility for how we show up, we actually cause a lot of harm. We cause a lot of divisiveness. We cause oh. things like racism and genocide. And for me, that's just not acceptable. It's not what I want to be contributing to in this lifetime. Oh. I love how you define that because essentially if we see ourselves as change makers it's not it's not a responsibility it's not like oh wow if I'm a change maker it's all this stuff that I have to do that was actually a very empowering way um, to describe that right it's like essentially what you're saying is we are empowered to make choices every day and we can choose to produce love, we can choose to be respectful, we can choose all the positive things. We don't have to um, be sucked into um, the negative, disempowering states of being, right? So that makes me think about identity, like who we are. So essentially, we all have it within us to be a change maker, according to what you just said, right? So over the past couple of years, I'm going to go deep for a minute here because I do want to talk about identity. And I know you and I have had a couple conversations about this off air um, over the past couple of years during the pandemic and during the whole heightened awareness of cultural, racial, economic divides. Speaking of identity, right, and being change makers in light of all of the things that have been going on in society being displayed on the world stage. What have you had to navigate during this season and how have all of these things impacted your perspective of who you are and the work that you Brilliant. do? Brilliant. Thanks, Joy, for taking us here. <laughs> I've enjoyed our ability to have these conversations and uh, love that we can bring this to your show as well. You know, I've always had, uh, I think I've always been sensitive to divisiveness and injustice in the world. And up until really recently, I, I, um, I thought that all of that was due to my own personal upbringing and my own family of origin. You know, there was a lot of divisiveness there. 
Um, my parents went through this epic five-year custody battle in court. And then there was this underlying injustice in that home of, you know, men were better than women or boys were better than girls. And um, I developed a lot of behavior patterns around that. And through my own exploration, my journey of becoming a change maker, I've been able to unpack that and see how those ways of being still impact my relationships and how I show up. And um, But what what the past three years have done, and for me, it really started with the death, the murder of George Floyd. Um, and then, of course, there were the oh. unmarked graves of all the indigenous children at residential schools and the pandemic. And also a personal cancer journey in there. All of that sort of shifted my lens um, and opened up this um, desire to go deeper. And I think I'm not, I'm not the only one, I'm not the only white person that actually like uh, experienced an opening there. And I think people recognize that because courses and books and ways to, for us to educate ourselves on how we are showing up in the world started to appear everywhere. And I know that conversation is not new for, for communities of color and black and indigenous populations, but for a lot of white folks, it was a way for us to look at ourselves differently and see that whiteness actually is an identity that was created very intentionally through these systems of power that were created to... Um, um, cause those systems of oppression, essentially. And so that was really the opening oh. for me is that, you know, through my own childhood history, I do have this fear of conflict. I have the f this fear of saying the wrong thing. And I, I hear that all the time in the inclusion and diversity circles I hang out with. But what this learning did for me was it made me recognize that those ways of being actually stem from these systems of oppression. And for me, that just deepened my resolve to bring this work of deepening our self-awareness to the communities that I get to work with. Wow, that's deep. That's a lot. Um, we can unpack that. And so having that sort of revelation for you like where where do you even start? So like if if somebody's listening right now and they are really relating to what you just said and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's me, too. I have felt those same things during this season. But where where do you even start to begin showing up differently? Where do you even start to begin being the change? Right. Where do you even start to begin to make a difference just in your own everyday life what are like one or two steps or things that you would suggest that people do that that you did to start your own journey great question yeah for me it starts with a commitment and we get into this in a communication masterclass that I run but it's finding that one way that you want to leave this earth a little bit better. For me, I know I'm very clear that that's love and joy. I want to contribute more love and joy to the world. And so everything I do, I come back to that when I'm in a challenging conversation and I just want to prove my point and stand my ground and be defensive. I ask myself, what am I contributing to in this moment? And if I show up in those ways, I'm not contributing to love and joy. So I encourage myself, it encourages me to look at, at life differently, to invite in curiosity, compassion, and patience. So that's step number one. And then I think step two is just starting to become aware of your feelings in challenging conversations. So that's generally the, the arena I work in. And we have all sorts of emotions that crop up when we are present with differences of opinions. And for me, what I've come to learn is that is our trauma response. We are going into like a fight, flight, freeze, or fawn reaction, and we can unpack that more if you want to. But 
if we're not aware that we're actually having feelings in that moment, we will just react out of those places of fear and cause more division. And so there's an invitation here Mm. to A, get grounded in what you're committed to, and then B, find the courage to to just pause in those moments when you feel yourself getting reaction and get curious what's going on here for me in this moment. Mm, Love that. Um, We're going to put a pin in that and we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today, Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back, you guys. Welcome back from break. We are here with the beautiful Amy Leah Tamburini having a really deep conversation on um, how to show up and how to navigate this this landscape that we're all having to navigate these days in terms of trying to heal racial divides and heal the things that create um, that cause barriers, right? That that create these artificial differences between us. So, Amy Leah, you had mentioned before we went to break that you know a couple of simple things that people can do to be a part of positive change, to be a part of bringing love and joy in the world is to simply, A, be aware. If we all were more self-aware, pay attention to what's happening on the inside of us, right? And when we start to feel triggered or whatever, just pause and get curious and sort of have a conversation with ourselves. Like, wait, what's going on here? Why am I feeling this? And just taking the time a few seconds to do that can be can make all the difference in the world, right? So that we're not acting out, um, which leads me to this topic of nonviolent communication, which is something that you've talked about, um, and certainly nonviolence is linked to things like emotional intelligence, uh, which we've talked about on this show prior and self-love, which we've also talked about on the show. So when when that phrase, nonviolent communication, right? What does that actually mean? Does that mean, hey, nonviolent communication, it means like I don't haul off and slap somebody when, when I, you know, when I feel triggered? Does it mean, hey, this is a workshop that probably, you know, people should be given before going on award shows? Like what is nonviolent communication and why is why is it important? Yeah, the way I explain or think about nonviolent communication is really that ability to not cause harm in our communications. 
So like we said, when we started, we always have a choice when we show up to conversation. We can contribute to harm and, and um, divisiveness, or we can contribute to connection and love and something else that is much more productive and will lead us toward the world that we all want to live in. So there's components of nonviolent communication, and this does require a self-awareness. So first and foremost is um, that ability, like we said, to just pause and understand what it is we are feeling in the moment. And what I've come to, to learn in this is that our emotional vocabulary is pretty small. It's kind of pathetic. Like most of us are, are, mm. are reduced to, I feel good or I feel bad. But there are so many layers and nuances to actually how we feel. And when we can get clear on what those emotions are, it gives us guidance to um, understand what could be going on for us. What's the story we're telling ourselves that is causing that emotion? Because that's generally what's happening in communication, that something comes in, we experience it. And depending on our physical state, how much sleep we've had, how much chocolate we've eaten, whatever it is, we interpret that message uh, based on also our past experiences. And then if we're not, if we don't take that moment right there and pause and say, okay, what if all this is true? We just react and throw something back out there into the world that can cause harm. So it's becoming aware of our emotions and then also understanding what is the need that is not being met here and, and being able to articulate mm. both of those things back out to the person in a way that is um, compassionate and that is about ourselves, not about the other person. Yeah. Oh. Wow, that's... That's really interesting because so you say there's so many emotions, um, but we tend to just focus on, oh, I feel good or I feel bad. Like how how does a person even begin to take that journey of discovering really more about themselves? Right. If this kind of is circling right back to identity and who we are on the inside. How do we even start that process and especially in a world where at least in western society um we are not encouraged to even really have feelings right um and if you're and if you're male you know men are not encouraged it's like suck it up you know don't cry don't don't feel don't have feelings right essentially mask put a mask on like figuratively right so in a society where essentially we're groomed from an early age to pack down, stuff down our feelings, how do we start the journey of peeling back mm. those layers? It's such a good question, Joy. And I wish I had like the magic answer. You know, when I think about my own personal journey, it took a really painful moment for me to want to even dive into that journey at all. Because you're right, society tells us we, we don't have to do that. And there's a million and one ways that we can distract ourselves, you know, through alcohol or food or work, or even when we get angry and defensive, it's a way to, to, to avoid going inward. Um, for me personally, it, it, it was this pattern I was seeing in my intimate partner relationships where I would, instead of having the conversation, learning to express my feelings and <laughs> what my needs were, I would just leave, uh, the, leave. And then that just got super unsatisfying eventually. But what was the, the thing for me that switched and, and, and allowed me to commit to a deeper path was that realization that I was causing harm, I was causing pain by my inability or my, yeah, the choice I was making not to do that inner work. And so I think each of us has to find that for us. Like what are we no longer willing to tolerate or put up with? And what is it that we want more of for ourselves? It's, it's kind of like 
in so many ways we've we've settled in our lives we've said oh this is as good as it's going to get and relationships are just hard and there's always going to be division but that's actually not true uh but it takes it's going to take work to get us to a new possibility a new vision and i think each and every one of us has to find that why for us why this is so important mm, that's brilliant um and actually it it what it conjures up for me is the reality that oftentimes it takes pain or it's it's not until we experience some sort of painful event or hurtful event or we're forced to sort of sit down and pause that we really start to evaluate all those things that you said. And um, speaking of that, you've um, let's move into that, right, that whole process, because sometimes that can be the beginning of a person's um, journey to transform from the inside out. So you've shared a little bit with me, and I'd like for you to share with our listeners, if you if you would, about your personal journey of discovering your voice and how your pain was turned into passion and purpose. So can you tell us a little bit about what that journey looked like for you? And specifically, what was that pivotal moment that sparked your decision to open yourself up to transform mm, from the yeah, inside out? Brilliant. Well, I think I've touched on aspects of this story throughout. So the for me, it started in childhood, for sure, where there was a lot of divisiveness. And I really got the message that using my voice would only lead to bad things. And so I, I packed my voice a lot. And it actually took me a lot of effort to even speak again. Like in grade one, my, my teacher called my mom and said, you know, there's something wrong with your daughter. She doesn't talk. And I noted that in your first, your first guest, you know, she said her journey was learning how to listen. My journey in life has been learning how to mm. use my voice or find my voice. And um, so that, that's been a lot of my journey. But even up into my late 30s, you know, I was still unable to express for fear of reaction, for fear of the other person's response. So I, did, I spent a lot of energy keeping the waters calm. But that had health impacts on me mm -hmm. personally. And in over the years, it would show up as rashes or um, irritable bowel syndrome and shingles. And then eventually it showed up in my life as cancer. And I was already well mm -hmm. along on my journey of self-discovery by this point. I think that relationship breakup for me was a real turning point where I no longer wanted to cause pain like that with people that I truly cared about. And I also wanted something deeper in my life and I wasn't experiencing it because I wasn't allowing myself, my heart to break open enough to allow a deeper level of love and connection in. So I was well on that journey and yet still I was showing up in life pretty depressed, not in a job that really lit me up. And again, going through a lot of heartbreak at that time. And then I was diagnosed with cancer at the exact same time I started my company, Hum Consulting. Mm. And so that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, what's this all about, universe? Because <laughs> I felt like I was doing all the things um, and making all the right moves and doing the inner work. But what that really did for me was open up and start to see my life through a different lens and, and really through a lens of trauma. Um, and where those childhood experiences of mine, for the most part, I had just normalized them. But what I realized was, was that that was my trauma. And I had an opportunity here to turn that trauma into um, a healing journey that later became my, my passion. And so this whole um, creating spaces for everybody's voice to be heard, which is essentially what I do today, that stemmed from that journey of recognizing mm -hmm. that um, the way I was showing up in the world stemmed from uh, traumatic history and then I started to look at the world through this lens and see all the division in it and all the wars and all the racism and all the tension and I thought oh my gosh we're just everybody is traumatized 
We have a world of leaders oh. and people showing up with so much unhealed trauma, and yet there's no spaces to really unpack all that and have conversations and see our commonalities in that journey to get ourselves to a different place. And so that's really what my business yeah. journey became all about and my life journey. Mm, wow, that's a lot. So when when the cancer hit, that, if I heard you right, that was really like the pivotal moment when you say, because then at that point in your life, you felt like you were, quote, doing all the things. Um, so that to me brings up images of doing all the things, you know, eating all the right things, doing all the things in your business, doing all the things in your life. Again, that checklist, right? That society says, oh, if you do all these things, essentially your life will be perfect or close to it. And you found I'm doing all these things and now this diagnosis. So um, that's huge because do you see that differently now, like in hindsight? Had that incident, that health scare not happened, that perhaps you would have stayed on the same trajectory? Well, I think knowing the universe, how I know it, I, there would have been something else. Like some other hammer would have come down and said, wake up. Because when I look back, there were lots of messages. There were lots of messages that I was ignoring. And in fact, part of this journey for me has been learning to trust my intuition um, that was one of the questions I asked when I was leaving my, my partner when I was in a lot of pain. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how do I trust my intuition? Because I had this sense my body was always speaking to me and I was always ignoring it. And oh. when you get a cancer diagnosis, oh. that's, that's like, okay, this is death or life. And so I knew in that moment oh. that I was being called to make a decision, I was being called to go deeper. And that gave me the courage because I really wanted to live. And I really wanted connection. And I wanted to experience love on a level that I hadn't allowed for. And I wanted to make a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. And so can't that it happened to be cancer for me. Sometimes it's bankruptcy, sometimes yeah. it's people hitting bottom with an addiction. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, oh, that wow. was definitely a wake up call for me to go deeper. And, and now I get to do bigger and better oh, work wow. in the world, too, because of it. I love that. And speaking of getting the call, I'm getting the call from our producer that it's time for another break. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. And we'll be right back. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today, Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Living Inside Out today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. 
and welcome back from break, everybody. We are still here with Amy Leah. And just before break, we had started to talk about sort of these pivotal moments in life, those moments that uh, when we're in them can seem scary when we're in them. Um, seem very traumatic and they they are traumatic in the moment and how in hindsight sometimes those very moments that look the darkest that feel the darkest where we feel the most alone can turn out to be one of the best moments because it's in those moments that we often wake up and listen. Amy Leah, you were talking about you felt like you were getting messages all along. Your body was giving you messages. There there were all of these signals, but you weren't listening. And then finally, with the cancer diagnosis, that was that was the big message. And you heard that one. And that sent you on a different path. So you've mentioned trauma a lot, that word. And it's something that has come up on previous um, shows as well. So I want to talk about that a little bit, um, because that seems to be a really important thing. You even suggested that the whole world, um, from your observation, all of us are walking around with some sort of trauma um, of varying degrees, and we need to heal from that. So in your work as a facilitator, um, when you do your restorative justice work, I'm not even sure that I understand what that means. So I'm going to ask you to define for us what that is. Um, What role does trauma play in that work? How do you see trauma playing out and how do you help people navigate around it? Yeah, great question. I can start with restorative justice. So everybody is uh, on board with that. Really, that's an alternative to the criminal justice system. So people get uh, commit a crime of some sort, and um, generally the journey is go to court, go to jail, pay the fine, whatever that happens to be. This way of being is um, a healing journey for both the person who committed the offense and then the victim or the person who experienced it. And it's an exploration into, you know, what was happening for that person? Why did that person show up the way they did? And it allows for a deeper conversation that ends up being very healing for both the offender and the person who experienced the offense. Um, and I love this, this method because it allows us to see human beings as human beings, that people that commit crimes are not bad people. They're not fundamentally flawed. They have experienced a heck of a lot of trauma in their lives and have not experienced the love and healing powers that many of us have had the privilege of experiencing. That's really how I see it. So um, when I say trauma, I I think about it as a wound. And Gabor Mate, who does a lot of work Mm -hmm. in this area, he also describes it that way where we have an experience, and often these happen when we're younger, that really hurt us in some way. You know, for me, I had, a, 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 say, a trauma around abandonment because my father left uh, physically after my, my folks divorced. And so I grew up really needing to protect myself from being abandoned. And what we do in those cases is we start to build walls up around those parts of us that really protect us. And how this plays out in the facilitation work I do is that we are, you and I are interacting, we're having a conversation, but then you say something, Joy, and that bumps up against that abandonment wound. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. woof, my walls go up. I am in protective mode. And that can show up as fighting, like getting aggressive or defensive. It can show up as flighting, like checking out or um, physically leaving the conversation. It can be uh, freeze, so just going blank, uh, not being able to take in or express anymore, or fawning is relatively new, and that's really about being like overly apologetic or um, really trying to you know, go o- above and beyond to be okay and be nice and liked in that moment. And so we show mm. up in these ways, and what that does is it prevents any kind of connection from occurring in the moment 
because we are then just in our defensive modes, in our positions. And when we're in that place, there's no possibility for anything else to occur but more division. And so we really create space to unpack that. And that's where self-awareness comes in. That's where mm. courage to be with all those ucky feelings that come up uh, are so important because that's the gateway to freedom. Oh, that's huge because what, what, what came up for me as you were talking is like literally I had that visual of when two people are interacting and oftentimes if we're talking to another person and they shut down, shutting down is one of those trauma responses that you list that you listed, right? So oftentimes we can be in conversation with somebody, they display a reaction and we take it personally, right? Because I just thought about like all the times that I've been in conversation, like in relationships, right? And then all of a sudden he's not talking. And so then you think, oh, well, he's not interested or he, you know, we jump to these conclusions in our minds. But based on what you're saying, that's not necessarily the case. It could be that that person has been triggered due to some trauma in their life that has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Right. So how how do we like in those situations in a situation like that, what? tip what suggestion would you give to a person like let's say I am in communication with somebody and now that you've explained to us what these different trauma responses are we can view our conversations differently so moving forward I'm in conversation with somebody and and I ask a question and they like shut down or they give like a one word answer and their nonverbal behavior is like closed arms and like and I'm thinking Okay, well, they're checked out. They don't care about me. They don't care about what I'm saying. Instead of going to that place and getting in my own feelings and then probably escalating um, things into an argument, what's another way to mm, approach that? Yeah, beautiful question. And I love how you're illustrating this with a real life example, because this is what I mean. This stuff happens all the time, every day in our families, at work, in our communities. And so this work is important and it's, it's, it's how we can be change makers every single day and every moment. So yeah. there's something called a trauma-informed mm -hmm. practice. And the, the essence of that is switching the question to what is wrong with you to what happened to you. And you can feel there's an energetic mm. shift in that because we, we like to blame or we like to like yeah, make up all these stories, right? And that leads to certain reactions. But when we start to say, you know, what, what is it that happened to you? It opens up a door for curiosity to come in and sit with you in that conversation. And you can start to get curious, mm. especially if you're attuned now to seeing, oh, that person's got their arms crossed and they're checked out, you know that's not about you. That's about them having some sort of experience where they now feel they have to protect themselves. And so how can you get curious about mm -hmm. that? Maybe it's physically asking a question. Maybe it's just making a mental note to say, mm -hmm. hmm, there's something going on for this person. How can I show up more compassionate in this, in this moment right now? How can I provide more patience or show this person more love or understanding or that I just see them to say, hey, you know, I see that you're, you're kind of, you look a bit closed off right now. What's going on for you? Like putting it into the conversation and naming it is such a great way to disintegrate those boundaries because people at the end of the day just want to be seen and heard. And if we're not having that sort of an open dialogue, We'll, we'll stay in that protective mode. I love that. So, and I would imagine when we ask that question, 
because <laughs> the the part of me that wants to make a joke about everything could see a scenario where you know somebody's closed off and I, I just want to be in my feelings in that moment so you could sarcastically be like what happened to you but I'm sure you didn't mean to ask it that way it needs to be with sincerity right genuine concern and um, that's awesome. I love that tip because it's through asking questions that we actually get understanding. And the more we start to understand each other, um, not to be like all kumbaya, but really the more we understand each other, the better off the world will be. Like we can show up differently and just take off some of these lenses through which we see people that cause us to discriminate or jump to conclusions or, you know, stereotype and, and all those other things. So we've got a couple minutes left. So I'm just going to ask you for a quick response to this last question. So at this point in your personal and professional life with everything that you've learned, everything that you've come through, all the work that you've done internally to really get so far along in your journey of being transformed from the inside out and living that way, what is one thing that you know for sure? What I know for sure is that we are all loving beings who are here to connect, to collaborate, to support one another, and that we've all gone through a series of experiences in our lives directly and societally that have blocked some of those true beautiful ways of being that we naturally are. And the more that we can mm -hmm. learn about ourselves, <clears throat> that we open up that door for compassion, and that opens up a door for a whole new conversation and a whole new world. I love that. Love, love, love. So we're going to end. We are out of time. I had like three other topics and we'll have to have you back. Um, but we're going to end on that note of love, which is beautiful. And I want to thank you guys for hanging with us today. You can find Amy Leah's podcast. Check it out. It's called Circle of Change, where, however you listen to your podcasts. And so thank you for listening. Let me know again if there was something that triggered you, something that you learned triggered you in a positive way or enlightened you today write to us at living inside out today at gmail.com and as always I'll leave you with this final tip that's our acronym TIP that stands for transformation is possible it is possible for you today and it begins with making a choice to live inside out so until next week Love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.